<laughs> uh, welcome to our podcast. This is Tea Time with the Psychos. Our vision for this podcast is to highlight mental health issues and topics while fucking shit up and enjoying tea. I am Caitlin Keneally, a psychotherapist and licensed professional counselor by the state of Wisconsin. And I'm Elizabeth Nelson, just a psycho in training and a mental health advocate. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us. us. Hello. Oh, uh, good afternoon. Well, at least it's the afternoon here. Yes, it is. <laughs> we did a presentation the other night, and um, I almost said good morning. Oh, yeah. yes, you did. <laughs> but I it was definitely that. the evening. Yes. All right, so today is episode 13. Lucky number 13. I do like number 13. You do. Um, and so what is our topic today, Elizabeth? Knowing your worth. Oh. Which I think we might be discussing it in a little different sure aspect I think then what people are going to think we're going to start talking about it <laughs> um, very yeah. true um so yes we are going to be talking about knowing your worth when it comes to money yes money 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 Yes. Um, All right. So let's get this party started as to the discussion of money. So before we get into these other things, like when you think of money, like what is your value system that's tied to money? So I used to be like my value system was save, save, save. You need to be a saver. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also love shoes. (laughs) So... (laughs) I spent money on shoes. And then it took me a while to be like, nope, you don't need those shoes. So I've gotten out of that habit. But it was safe. But in my more recent elder ages now, Mm -hmm. I have really, um, I think I've taken on the, like, giving is how I use my money. Like, Mm -hmm. did someone get married and do I want to give them a nice gift? Or does the neighbor man's dog died and I want to get him a wind chime because I know the dog meant a lot. So, like, I think more of the sentimental giving is what I... Okay. I think now I've started spending my money on. Also coffee. Um, But I think I was... Like, my mindset was money saving. It was always a way... Like a thing of stress. Sure. I think that that's also my mindset. Like, money caused stress. Okay. Well, yeah. And I think you're hitting on a few good points uh, in the sense that I think our value and our relationship with money absolutely kind of evolves over time. And so as we become older, like even me now, like I like stuff, right? But like now I'm starting to like really think about like the capitalistic system. Like, and do I really need that? Right. Whereas before, but I I still will buy whatever I want. Um, But I think for me, um, it's always been money means sort of freedom to a degree but only for myself I think because like growing up in poverty and then no like if I fail like I don't have a safety net does that make sense so like if when I mess up uh, it's all on me right like nobody's ever taking care of me nobody's paid my bills like even in my relationship like Jason has made three times more than I do and we still split everything right down the middle and Mm -hmm. that's my choice because I need to feel like I am able to contribute and that I am I can make it so whether that's working two to four jobs that's what I've always done (laughs) so like like when it's a complete grind like that. So I guess my value when I think about it for me is like, you know, sustainability, freedom, and how I'm sort of surviving, but I try not to make it like my primary thing in life. Like I make sure my bills are paid. I have enough 
but then I'm going to freaking have fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so that's kind of always been my mentality. Make sure you can survive. <laughs> yes. Um, make sure you got a little extra and then have fun with it. So yeah. um, that has always been, I think that serves me well. Um, whereas other people I know like to make it and then kind of like stuck, stuck, stick it away. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, right. You ha- you hear those stories of like people finding money and like, walls of homes that are yeah. like obviously there's a different era in the banks crash and all of that and that's probably why a lot of that was stored there but like I don't know I where we live in Fond du Lac and maybe this isn't accurate and maybe I shouldn't say it on our podcast but I am not from here and what I've heard is that Fond du Lac has a lot of money but there are a lot of people who like to store oh or stash their money and aren't really like putting it and spending it I guess where maybe we would consider having fun mm. you know like, I think they have their places that they go, but... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, who taught you about money? Um, I think that it would have been my dad. Um, and I'm not so sure it would have been, like, in relation to, like, having actual conversations about money. Mm-hmm. It would have been more of how he saved things, like, all things. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so if it was something that he bought and it was keeping it nice or, like, we're storing this here so that it ca- maintains its value. Um, and also working hard, like, working to survive and then yeah. have a little extra. So I think that that would probably be it. And then I think growing up in not having as much as everyone else, I feel that I took it upon myself to understand, Hmm. like, what do I want and how do I get there and how do I obtain it? Except for, I will say, which I didn't realize this until, like, college, I think, is some of my friends had picked summer jobs where they were making more money doing one job 40 hours a week than I was making doing three jobs for 80 hours a week. Oh. And it was the jobs that I picked and the wages that I was getting paid, right? Because mm-hmm. we did have a few factories surrounding our town that would pay teenagers summer work or college kids like 15 some dollars an hour. And what was I doing? Three different jobs that all paid seven fifty, the minimum wage, mm-hmm. like consistently. So I always, like... I always hate, I don't, that's a strong word. I always am angry with myself a little bit of like, why did I work all these three jobs and I could have just picked one freaking job? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so that was something, I think a trend I had found that I was starting to do in my early adult years. And so I was like, nope, Mm -hmm. not doing it. But who, so we talked a little bit before this about Tony Rounds, but who's the other guy who has a wild, he has a snowball effect? I don't. I wouldn't know oh, you can Google it. <laughs> I know I will, and I'll think of it. But all every other people who are listening are gonna be like, Liz, yeah. that's this person. I'm be like, yes. Yeah. Um, but so he also reading a few of his books or listening to a few of his um shows on YouTube were like things that I took away okay. in order to do that. Who would you say taught you about money? Um, I think I don't think it was ever like sat down and directly talked about, right? But I just remember growing up and my mom always had to go to work. And like, um, I remember very 
I wanted to stay home and I wanted my mom to stay home with me. And it was, she was like, but Caitlin, if I don't go to work, like we don't have a roof over my, our head. Mm-hmm. So I just remember that like sticking. And then like my mom has an extremely impeccable work ethic, which I feel like I got from her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I'll never forget. I was like, okay, it like really clicked. Like you have to do this in order to have this over your head. And then it was just kind of a constant like, well, we can't, you know, you can't afford that or we can't have that or we don't have that. And then I think as I got older, I started to see those like um, the differences between my lifestyle and other people's lifestyle. So I just Mm -hmm. always knew um, that's where education was really, really important to me. Like I remember thinking like education is my way out, right? Mm -hmm. Because nobody's ever going to be able to take my degree away from me. Mm -hmm. And so that's always been kind of my mentality and what I've always kind of strived for. Follow my heart, follow my passion, but also do this in a way because this is what is going to sustain you. And I guess at the end of the day, this is what is going to put a roof over your head. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's probably what it was. And I always was so, I don't, like, I'm not very good at math, but always it was so intriguing to, like, do the budgeting, (laughs) right? Like, if I make this much, I could realistically have all these things, right? And how cool is that to, like, have this, like, understanding and so I think that that was my drive as well as to like, okay, I can put gas in my car and I can do this and I can do this and I can do this if I work all yeah. these hours. Do you remember paid. when you could like fill up your gas tank for like $5? Okay, so <laughs> I, Caitlin isn't, isn't much older than me, but you're a little bit older than me. And so I, my first year driving was when it was fucking, I feel like $5 a gallon. Oh, okay. And I remember like being like, oh my God, are you kidding me? But then I remember going down. So I don't remember the $5. Well, I appreciate your honesty. And it's not like it would be a full tank, but I remember like putting five bucks in and we would be able to make it. Or what field felt like forever. But also like, I think as I've when I think about money and now I think about money in my 30s I'm also I'm really really um focused on gratitude as well Mm -hmm. and I know it's weird but like when I go to the gas station now like memories will pop in when like you only had 15 bucks and you better not go like like a cent (laughs) over you would have been screwed and I just remember that and like now I can go to the gas station and I don't have to think about it so that's what I mean about like that freedom and but I've earned that like (laughs) um, nobody has given me that and so to me that is really refreshing and very motivating Mm -hmm. Um, so I think gratitude at least from my perception and my relationship with money has played a key role Um, and hopefully it continues to do yeah, that. <laughs> definitely. I would say so my undergrad um is family and consumer sciences. Okay. And so right that's your I always say home ec teacher because that just reigns true to sure. other people. It's called FACE, it's called Family and Consumer Sciences, it's called a fun, bunch of different other things. And people are actually teaching in in that area are probably like Liz, it's this. But I, we took a I had a college class and we had to budget a whole year oh. of, like, salaried money out. And I remember him making us get on the bus and go to the grocery store. And that's when I first started understanding where I I was at Target today. They don't freaking do it on their tags unless I didn't look hard enough. But, like, on the little thing that says, okay, so this gallon of detergent or this amount of detergent is $14.99 and this one's $9.99. But then you can see what mm-hmm. your cent per gallon or cent per unit is. 
And I, my mind was just changed. I was like, oh, my God. And now I got to buy my white vinegar at the dollar store because <laughs> it's a dollar there compared to it. Right? And so all of those things. What I a think, good assignment. Yeah. I think that gave me more freedom, though, to know that even sure. though I had less money, I, as a consumer, was capable of making choices. Smarter choices. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that that allowed me to be like, you know what? There are things that I want and I can get mm-hmm. because I'm smart with all of this other stuff. Yeah. I think that's a good point too and I, I think a lot of the things that I learned in childhood really play out today like my I know people think this is so crazy my mom doesn't even own a car yes, <laughs> um, and that's fine but I mean that also meant like walking to do our laundry with quarters like yes. carrying that stuff down to like Georgetown or whatever yes. um, and it also meant you know walking to the grocery store yeah. it meant walking to and from school and so that's <laughs> the next so my parents so Caitlin lived she lived her city life growing up and I lived the country life Mm. and so like I didn't realize how much well like right you have to think of like so my parents had a well right and I remember Mm -hmm. the well going out and Mm. the fucking well probably cost between six thousand and ten thousand dollars to put in a new well but then just think about how many years they'd never paid a water bill Mm. because that water was theirs sure Right. And so like thinking about that stuff, not until I went to college to live in town, I was like, what? We have a, I get a fucking water bill. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? <laughs> you know? That's funny. Yeah. So like there are different things that I think no matter where you're at, but that you learn. That's why I think it's good to live both places. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. And I, um, I remember in undergrad too, like you'd have 20 bucks for the week, potentially for food yeah. and like going to Aldi's <laughs> and again, yes. making it all out and doing that. Um, but I, I think think that that's helped and again I I try to be appreciative like now I don't have to think about or at least at this moment in time I don't have to think about those things um and I can be like whoo I remember those days (laughs) or like when all you got to eat or at least for me it was like ramen noodles and a freaking fiber bar like (laughs) (laughs) you I know like we would try to concoct things to like actually make the ramen taste good and it never worked well now Mm -hmm. they have all those culinary recipes I just can't even believe it I anytime I see people eat ramen I am like that just like it's like it's totally undergrad <laughs> yep and I just like it was all I could afford and like that yes. is what I was eating um so yeah yeah well I think then it allowed me to have this conversation with somebody who I worked with recently and she was younger of 20 early 20s and okay. she was just like Liz but now you get to think of things differently than I do about money and mm-hmm. so if I could give anything to anyone it would be to to know your worth at a younger age. Sure. Because, right, I probably would have searched for that job that paid me $15 an hour to mm-hmm. have that one job, knowing I'm capable of energy levels working three. Just think of how much more money I could have had saved. Right. Or like that. So, like, I think that... Well, and I think that's the difference between surviving and then thriving, right? Yes. Or, like, another thing that I've learned is also, um, now that I'm older, is you got to figure out how to make money work for you. Yes. <laughs> Not yes. how you are... Money yes. works for... Yes. Yep. And yeah, so I keep that in it. mind, too. Yeah. Um, and, yes, if we were to have been taught that earlier, would it have made a difference? I think it could have. I think it could have. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, then you also have that, whatever, that stupid catch-22. Yeah. of like well it built me and made me who I am today sure and would I be someone else I don't yeah, know but right. yes I probably would be saving animals I'll tell you that <laughs> from the main society with all my extra monies fair enough yes um all right so what do we want to talk about next as I far think as money? that then like knowing your worth and like so who taught us about it what it means to us 
And I think how it relates to us as professionals now. Okay, sure. I think that's where we should go with it. Okay, that sounds good. And I mean, we're not going to get into like the wage gap and we can mention it. So we're not going to get into all those statistics. But the truth is, I think it's important for people to know that it is freaking real and it exists and statistics are out there about it. Right. And so often what that boils down to. And so I don't know if people know a lot of these terms, but um, glass ceiling are discriminatory practices that have prevented women and other protected class members from advancing to executive level jobs. Glass walls are women um, to advance only in a limited number of functional fields within an organization. Okay, so this is what kind of makes me think about uh, well, I'll get that. Yeah, she'll yep. get to that. Yep. Um, the glass elevator or escalator refers to a fast track uh, for advancement, usually for men in a field more dominated by women. Right. Um, And then the glass cliff is an opportunity a woman may not take um, or promoted into that puts her in a uh, precarious position of utter professional disaster if she fails. So it's kind of a catch 20 year on a cliff. Um, And then the hourglass ceiling is a time based impendent to career advancement often faced by working mothers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I still get like, obviously, I'm not a mom, but I did have a patient um this within this past year that literally got well got let go because of their pregnancy like yeah. and I was just floored well but- like I was talking to a co-worker and her concern was that she was pregnant and that you don't get your maternity leave or your time off benefits until like six months or three months into your job mm-hmm. and so like taking that right could have maybe been I don't know her financial situation but a freaking pay raise but you, you can't take it because you're pregnant mm-hmm. and what that means to that yeah yeah Very interesting, right? It's 2021 and we are still having the same conversations that we were having, (laughs) I guess, like when the the, 60s, 60s, I would say, like when the women's movement, you know, the second wave of feminism really got this um, up and talking about. So, but yeah, that's, (laughs) yes, and I think the the gap, at least for um, women has still persisted. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay, cool. Yep. So in relation to that, I think one of Caitlin and I is like more passionate things is like how to know your worth and ask for your worth Mm. or like get that within your work environment. Okay. And I had a friend and it was another one from a coworker who had said, you know, Liz, I think that you feel this passion about this now is because you maybe have that financial freedom or you just didn't need a job to survive, right? Like, mm. and so she was much younger. And so I was like, well, I, I hear you because like, I was like, why aren't you asking for this in your review? Why aren't you talking about this? Why? And she was like, wait a minute. I just got out of college and I need a freaking job. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was like, yeah, you might need one, but like, you still need to know your worth and you've done these four years and you've done this experience and you've worked at a company for how long until mm-hmm. you're going to apply within the company. And so that really hit home for me because we were talking I didn't really think about knowing my worth until I worked at a profession with someone else who was working part-time mm-hmm. and making as much money as I was making working full-time okay. because my coworker and she was female negotiated upon hire mm-hmm. and established a newer worth of like, here are my years of experience in these areas and this is what this means right. and this is why I deserve to get paid more than what you're offering me. Mm-hmm. And from there, I've started negotiating every freaking job. 
<laughs> I don't care if you're going to fucking tell me no. Yeah. One right. job did tell me no, and they gave me some bullshit reason, but. Which is fine. Which is and fine. it wasn't meant to be. No. Yeah. I did maintain that job, but it was still, I asked for more money later on, and so then I had left that job. But yes, I have negotiated and asked for more money at every job after that experience, because mm-hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> we, right? We both sat in the same HR room with the same HR person telling us, here's your progression scale. Yeah. And she had the guts and she had the mindset to mm-hmm. know her worth to say, wait a minute. Right. And I did not. Mm-hmm. Even though I did, but I did not because I felt like I shouldn't do that. Right. Yes. Correct. So I think, again, my relationship with that and my assertiveness for asking for more has evolved over time. So I do sure. think it can be a phase of life type of thing because I think about like. But girls started to. Yeah. Our boys yeah. who's ever listening. <laughs> yes. Uh, do it. But be able to back it up. So I think like, when you know your worth, yeah. that do you have evidence to back it up? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, what I would say early on, it was really just about surviving. I mean, I had to work four jobs in my undergrad in order mm-hmm. for me to even go to school. So was I thinking about negotiating at that time? No, because I was just trying to survive, right? Mm -hmm. Then as I started moving up into different careers, doing these different things, graduate school, all of that is really when I started to be like, okay, I am worth more. I have the backup to prove it, right? I also have a ton of student debt to prove it too. (laughs) So we have to start navigating that field, right? So trying to move from a little bit surviving to thriving. Um, But then also what I would say, I think it really, for me, knowing my work, Earth was um, in one of my graduate programs where I was working, um, I was only making $20 an hour. Mm-hmm. And that's not even after it was taxed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is two master's degrees later. I'm making like after taxes, 16 bucks an hour. And knowing that other people are making more and then when asked for more, I was shut. And so I was all 100% professional asked, right? Um, I've never had bad remarks and the year that I've been here I this is what I'm looking for can we negotiate something and it pretty much got squashed so then I just remember saying to myself well then I'm done right like if you're not going to invest in me why am I investing in this organization yeah right so all the best but deuces right and so like that has kind of been since that happened it has been like this constant like I'm putting in the work I'm doing a good job I deserve to be paid that and unless there's areas I need to improve on then I need to know that up front because when I ask for more or if I ask for more and you tell me no without evidence as to why, I'm not going to keep going. Well, right. You are, it's correct. I need a job, but I don't need this one. Yes. Because, like, I want – so as much as I'm investing in my patients and this organization, it, I should be compensated for yes. that. Um, and so that's always at the back of my mind. Is what I am doing being valued? Yes. Because this is what other – when I do career stuff with people, what I tell them is that – the company is going to survive without you. Yes. You yes, are a cog yes. in the wheel. Yes. So you can, there's so many people like, I'm so dedicated. I do this. I've been here for this. Irreplaceable in yeah. a minute. And I got a 20 cent raise. Like, what is a 20 cent raise? You know yes. what I mean? And like, so if we keep people happy within the workforce, they will stay. And it's not always about money. It's about the culture you create and all of these different things. So what I employ people to think about is think about all of those things, know your worth, and then back it up You don't even have to negotiate for money. Like you can negotiate for other things. Like I think about like some organizations have good incentives for like 
um, health and wellness outside. They might have a clinic within their thing, but you can negotiate your freaking schedule to work your life. So if like you want to do some physical wellness or you want to work on your mental health and you have this continued, yeah. you know, like appointment that you want to establish every two weeks, every week, every month. That's what you're negotiating as well. Yeah. And I also used to think that, like, I, I mean, I never called into work. I'm not saying people should call into work. Never used a sick day. Didn't use my vacation. Like, that mentality is not. Uh, yeah. Yes. Like, people, another thing that I encourage people to do, especially doing career stuff, is use what's there. Right? Unless you plan to leave the job in three years and you're like, this shit, I'm getting paid <laughs> out. Which then I should just say, I we all know that, like, right, you could have a union job if you're listening or you mm-hmm. could be a part of that and there are different things that like play into factors there but it's knowing that knowing your union rep understanding what unions can ask for understanding how you negotiate that understanding like what's right and what's wrong because Mm -hmm. like in our field I think it's a little different of a negotiation type and so it's not going to be relevant to everyone but yes definitely Mm -hmm. unless you plan to get paid out like use use the stuff it's there for a reason and And it's not use it maliciously no but it's use it like Mm -hmm. if you think you have freaking allergies and you're not sure if it's allergies or a sinus infection like you can take a day yeah Mm-hmm. Like, shit's going to go on. And yep. we're talking, we're working in mental health. Like, yeah. <laughs> the crisis is either going to be there tomorrow or not be there tomorrow. <laughs> and it would be great if it's not, which means they had great coping skills. But right. if not, then we're here to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, I think looking at it of making the money work for you. um, And also, I just love the mentality of like, I also as a leader, I want to see other people thrive. I so when I think about expanding and doing those things, like I want to pay people what they're worth. And I want to give them money there. There's nothing about me that is screaming, let me take or like, let me take this person's money. Let me supervise them. Nothing like that in any way, shape or form, because I want to see other people people do good so that they can show other people but I understand that's not how all corporations are built and right you're not and so that's just a different mentality um but yes that's one that I absolutely take yes and so then I think that brings us back to not really back to but I just think of like and I wish I still haven't remembered my snowball man um but like Tony Robbins we talked about is someone mm-hmm. that we've like listened to about like financial freedoms and understanding those things. Yep. Um and we were talking how I was trying to recall a story. So maybe other people, but I think Caitlin has the story better <laughs> down. But it was something just about how he had lived in poverty and didn't have money and he finally met someone who was like, Why are you living like that? Like why are you knowing? Which right, it's so easier said than done because I think I've taken many years to try and work on like well I don't have money Mm -hmm. and so I can't do this or I can't experience this but like you have to live with this at least mentality in your mind that you have money right so I don't know if you want to expand on that because you remember I feel like his whatever (laughs) well he he tells quite a few different stories but I think yours at the end of the day what he's saying is that and what we've said in mental health like the way you talk to yourself matters that is true. so if you're talking to yourself about less right or you're talking to yourself negatively or you keep saying i can't afford that mm-hmm. i can't do this well then you're right 
But if you switch your mentality, so he's all about mindset and changing that. If you start changing it, then you're you you change how you feel and eventually it's not saying that you're going to get like I could say I'm not going to go buy my lotto ticket and win it and then all <laughs> spend money in a day right no. but it, it's a consistent I mean that's what manifestation is that's what positive thinking well, money, that's what you probably have more money free like financial freedom Correct. from whatever negatively is associating or causing you stress like I you know I recall my parents fighting often about money mm. or like I'm sure that we just I just got done with my family therapy class and right one of the main things is finances mm-hmm. or not talking about them and mm-hmm. I think it's such a I feel like we think money and knowing your worth related to money is such a taboo thing right my friend we were just talking to her car wasn't working and the only reason I know this and I because I paid thousands of dollars for this class that this man made us do all these things for yeah in that budgeting world but like I was like cars are the worst investment you could ever buy it's Mm -hmm. just a, a money pit and so she had an issue with her car and I was like why don't you just see how much you owe she only owed like a thousand dollars. I was like, then why are you gonna buy a brand new car? Mm-hmm. Like, put that other thousand dollars into it. Pay your thousand dollars off. Sure. And then start setting aside some money for when the next fucking thing goes wrong. Because mm-hmm. no matter if you have a new car, an old car, like for a whole time of our life, right? Transportation is gonna be an issue. That's gonna cost us money. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we were able to have that conversation because we've known each other forever. Right. But like. Not everyone is willing to have that conversation. Well, yeah. I mean, even, money. like, within our field and relationships, the number one thing people fight about is money. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so you want to find somebody that you uh, have those talks with and that you figure those things out. Yeah. Because um, also it makes people do really bizarre things. Yes. And people say and do and we'll get very attached. <laughs> things that we have and the watching them and like <laughs> what am I trying to think not obsessions but we enjoy sometimes watching these but right kids are killing their parents oh yeah right mm. for life insurance or whatever money money drives and makes people very mm-hmm. crazy yes. yes and so that's where knowing what it means to you and knowing what your relationship is and how it can help you in a positive way yes. not become a criminal um <laughs> would be a, a wise choice but i also think especially and i'm just talking for myself um as a woman like i haven't i was not taught i had to teach myself how to be assertive and direct yes. right and that's all through my training and my my education, which had I not had those, I might not have this mentality. I'm not saying that you have to do those things, but then you need to create a community or you need to find your squad or people that are like can help you with that. Yeah. Um, because I don't think you have to have master's degrees in order for you to renegotiate how you feel about money. And I think, to be honest, like I'm thinking about because I was like, God, because your story and my story about like worth wasn't exactly on the same time of like those places that we were working when we realized like mm-hmm. we need to like negotiate and if not we need to get out mm-hmm. um but I think having our friendship has helped me mm. just with having that conversation yeah. about like how am I going to be assertive about this or like here's a different way that I could approach this but also I should ask for this because we did work at a place together <laughs> for a while and I remember com- talking to you and this is when I had barely known you was the the conversation as I was trying to budget my life and I was like, I don't think I can live off of this and yeah, I can get another job, but then that means that like, I can't focus on this and this and you're like, wait a minute, 
there's some things you don't know about, but you can also ask for this, or you can understand this in this realm where we were working. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was going to make more money than I thought that I was. Mm-hmm. But by knowing that, you know what I mean? And that's what I mean, having the conversation, yes. knowing people about that, like knowing people to talk about that stuff with. So good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I've helped in some way, right? shape, or form. And I hope people listening can also learn some of those skills mm-hmm. and be assertive and be direct. Because at the end of the day, I guess eventually as I've gotten older, I'm just like, I don't care. Like I yeah. am going to do, obviously I'm going to follow my morals. I'm going to follow my values. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be ethical, but I also am very cognizant of my worth. And mm-hmm. so all these things need to align because the thing, like I want to enjoy life yeah. and I don't, I don't want to be sitting there oh, counting dollar bills. Yes. I, do I want to know that I've done my job and I've had enough to, to save away, but I want to have fun and mm-hmm. I want to live. And so to me, um, that's, where my value system lies yeah which that brings you I was going to mention this before I think one of the things is like in order to be able to articulate your worth on a like our routine situation was I use the skills locator is that a book uh there is the skills finder yeah, I, I think I have remember, that but one. Like the I, Strength Finder. Yes, yes, it was the Strength Finder. It's a little book, and it's got, like, a, a yes, red ball on it. Yes, And the only reason I did it is because I didn't know how to articulate and use the words in an interview mm. that, like, right, employers are looking for to sure. articulate my strengths because I knew I had a lot of them. Yeah. And so that was helpful to me. And then to be able to write that down and tie those into my education or tie those into my work experience or tie those into life mm-hmm. experiences. And so I think that that was very helpful for me to articulate that in a negotiating that's awesome experience because right there's a the strength it might be a little book but there's a lot yeah there is a lot of information in there there. that's funny um what was I just gonna say so for me oh I remember again nobody taught me this except for myself and Liz and I are gonna do a career thing um podcast slash course so that you guys can have this information but I remember flipping the script and being like I love interviewing yeah you know like I honestly let me fucking sell myself exactly so I don't know where it came from but it was just like I enjoy this and so I will tell you I enjoy talking about myself in an interview and how I'm going to be an asset to this team but I also know my worth too so we're gonna have to have that conversation as well but like again I don't know if this will work for other people because I like how many people are afraid of interviews but think about it that way if we were we we if everyone had this mentality like F you (laughs) I'm coming in here's why you want to hire me yeah and I think I would happen however whenever my flip script flip whatever you say (laughs) yeah whenever that happened for me my favorite thing is to research the employer that I'm going into yeah and I think it's because I secretly think I'm going to be like a private investigator one day (laughs) but um which isn't reality but so I just I love because then I know Mm -hmm. like then I'm spitting them at it in the interview and I'm like okay sounds good and I have the best questions I think Mm -hmm. to ask them yeah they're like, because, no, I'm not leaving this without asking you a bunch of questions right. and some of its money and some of its benefits and yep. some of its how you're going to supervise me and some of its how is your personality or the person you have supervising working with the personality that you have here in front mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. Because so you making it, no. so it's like you interviewing them. Yes. And so that, I think that mentality is flipping the script. I want to see that this is going to be good for me yes. and vice versa. And yes. so, yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's a place for people to start that doesn't feel as scary, yeah. you know? 
Um, but we do have to lean into the awkwardness. Yeah. So you do need to take risks and you do need to have that. But it, it doesn't have to be just this. There's This isn't one way of doing it. No. What I always encourage people to do is know your own strengths. Know what you're good at, right? And then mm-hmm. how's that going to apply? Because what I'm good at, you're probably not. Yeah. And I, <laughs> to, uh, and vice versa. But um, know your strengths, know your weaknesses. At least yeah. that's what they always taught us um, in graduate school too. Mm-hmm. Because like even as a clinician, right. I ethically here, I'm, I, I can help you here, right? But then I ethically have to tell you that I'm not trained in those other things. And if we see that, then I need to help you find somebody who can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that has also helped me um, evolve as well. Well, I think and that was back to that conversation with that coworker. She was like, Liz, I just need a job, mm-hmm. right? So it's that mentality, I think, also where I'm interviewing and I'm going to have I'm going to have myself established mm-hmm. and understanding what I'm looking for enough to know that I might tell you no, mm-hmm. even if you offer me this job. Right. Yep. And that's totally fair. Yes. And uh, again, I think it's also going from, I need this to survive. But what I think happens to people is then they get comfortable and then they're not willing to look around. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell everybody, keep Indeed on your phone. I know. Like, uh, I, s- I listen to her, but <laughs> then I get a little obsessive about it. And then I'm like, shit, I'm going to unsubscribe and for a few fi- days. And that's but fine. Yes. But like, I even still look. I'm just like, oh, I'm curious as to what's out mm-hmm. there. And so I think we need to move to that mentality too. Some people, but also, well, I should, I, well, we have moved to that mentality because part of our issue and the, the generations that we've grown up in is it, the workforce is so saturated with people with education, right? Mm. And that's where we get some of our worth from. Yeah. And so I always say people, right, value long, long-term and being somewhere and that consistency, but that doesn't always get you more money. Correct. And so... I don't know if you have to decide what kind of value money has yeah. in your life. Um, but You like, have to figure out what you're comfortable with. Yes. So this is what I try to tell people. So that, that intern lady, what I said, you need to... Poor <laughs> <laughs> intern lady, if you're listening, you have a name, but she's yes. not sharing it. Um, you need to figure out what direction you want to go. Because the truth is, if you like comfortability and you like safe and you don't want to have to do all this other stuff, you should take that direction and own it. I have no... I don't judge anybody because you're owning your shit. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable. This this pays the bills and this is how it's going to be sweet but for the people that that doesn't fucking work for like myself yeah then we have to figure out a different route <laughs> and, and let it happen i yeah. remember one lady telling me uh, this was a long time ago now it's gonna be my goddamn dream job no just kidding <laughs> but it was um she was like uh she's looking at my resume and she's like well to be honest when i look at your resume it just seems like you don't know what you want to do in your life oh and i was like okay, well, all of these are helping professions, so I think that I know what I want to do. And she's like, well, you've never really stayed anywhere long. And I said, yes, because I've had continually increased my income, and the only way that I can do that is by looking for other jobs. And I can't believe I had the guts to tell her this because she was much, 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 much older than me. But I was so caught off guard that she was looking at my resume Mm -hmm. and being like, well, it doesn't really look like you know what you want to do with your life. I was like, (laughs) lady, I've spent $1,000 for you now, thousands of it. What I want to do with my life. Yeah, but, and yeah. now I need to find an organization that aligns with my yes. value system and that also sustains my lifestyle because yeah. we have been told, like, because of the debt that's there, yes. you know? So it's like this catch-22, and I also feel like for some women, or like at least for me, it was like, don't talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, it will just happen. Uh, six months later, nothing's happening. <laughs> what? 
Um, and so, like, what am I supposed to do? I am not the type of person that can just yes. sit around uh-huh. and be like, oh, sure, no problem. I can wait for that. Like, are you kidding me? So, like, I will keep it moving. And I just, I would appreciate honesty. Like, Caitlin, it's not going to happen. All right, see you later. Like, yes. no harsh feelings, nothing. But I need to survive and thrive, and I need to align all of this stuff. And so, yeah. I don't know. That's Because that just brings me to the uh, statistic. And it's not just about women versus men, but. I think that Caitlin and I probably, if you know us, we probably are more one-sided of things. But women receive pay raises 5% less often than men. And so, right, if we just fucking sit back because we've been told it's going to happen. Be polite. It's not going to happen. Don't rock the boat. Yeah. And I'm like, I flip the boat over everywhere I go. And, like, even, I mean, it's just, it's kind of how it works. Yes. Um... Yeah, I think, and the biggest thing, if, or at least some of the research says, is because we haven't asked, yeah. right? And so if that's the key, well, or that's the first step, but then we ask, and I think also what happens is we kind of get shut down or... Right, <laughs> well, right, then it's flipping your script on yep. how you view failure yep. and what you view it and how you take failure. Is it learning? Is it... Um, I quit and I never do it again, mm-hmm. right? And so then that's a whole nother thing in mindset on how you view failures. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you ask and you shut down, no, that doesn't mean you can't ask it all freaking week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, right? But Asking what needs mm-hmm. to change for it to be a yes. Correct. That's and then the you evidence. work on that. Yep. And then if that isn't it, then this might not be the place you should be at. Correct. Yeah. And I think we have to get comfortable with that uncomfortability. Like yeah. we need to be able to lean into it and be like, okay, this doesn't align. But guess what? 50 other organizations might align and that's okay to explore it because guess what that company most likely doesn't have a loyalty to you the way that you have a loyalty to them they could who knows knows? then why wouldn't they invest in you like you know what i mean so i think it's those tougher more uncomfortable conversations those assertive those direct conversations that we specifically should be having yes Mm -hmm. But I honestly think that's not all of knowing your worth. But right. I think that if anyone has questions, or I will put the plug in, right? What's your undergrad in? I always, women and genders. History and gender and women's studies. Yes. So Caitlin has a lot of knowledge in that. And so, like, if you have questions or mm-hmm. um, And I have a master's degree. My first yeah. master's degree is in gender and women's studies so, as well. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would think. And, I would well, and what I would also say for that, too, like, when I say I followed my passion, I mean, if you think about it, a history major, gender and women's studies, and then community mental health counseling, not exactly leading the nation in jobs or prosperity or money, right? Yeah. Because I am in the helping field. Yeah. Um, but that being said what I've always tried to teach people is that build your resume around that. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you start to know your worth and you start to meet people and can expand your audience. So I didn't go in, I didn't, I'm not, and if you need a hype talk and you want to invest <laughs> in it, email us. We'll give you a yep. hype talk before yeah. our next interview. We'll yep. help you. Yes. Yes. Well, when our course is I there, know, then, then that the will... course, but we could have many courses leading up to this oh. of like little sessions. Of like, yes, hey. that is very true. Um, and another thing, no one ever taught me about investing my money oh, yes. either. That's true. So that is another way I think. Yeah, I'm which trying. We're, we're trying. Which yeah. is so we decided before us we weren't going to get too far into it. Actually, the little note I put is don't fucking know anything about investing, <laughs> but we know it's important. Um, is that when we figure that ship out and we start sailing on it, we would definitely love to share what knowledge we've gained mm-hmm. because I do know it's important and I know people who have money and are financially very, very, very free, mm-hmm. have investments in many, many things. And yeah. so it's figuring out how to do that efficiently and effectively 
with where I'm at now, and I think you feel the same. Yes, and having multiple streams of income and investing. And so, yeah, making money work for you instead of chasing the money um, is really what I would say. Which we also know that, right, we live in a world, or at least our culture, the Western Hemisphere, wherever we're at, it Mm -hmm. doesn't always help. Um, so, right, we understand that we're in a place that maybe some other people aren't. Oh, yeah. Yep, for absolutely. For that to happen. But there are ways that, like, you can mentally find freedom. And I think it. for anybody who's listening, just just examine and do a little self-reflection of your current employment or wherever you work, right? Or how you're spending your money. Because maybe how... you enjoy your job, but you're just not making enough money. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's kind but of But also, like, back that... to the glass ceiling, the glass wall. I think those are important terms. And I don't think – I think people should know them because yes. they're – real you shouldn't have to I shouldn't have had to go to graduate school for the first time (laughs) to freaking learn like that this shit is real and so what I'm saying is reflect on your current position reflect on your role look at the dynamics in the office look at who's in more leadership roles Mm -hmm. you know what I mean are people valued within that system how can you move up and so do what works for you but I do think have that reflective moment and that can maybe help navigate you towards knowing your worth and your value yes Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Money, money, money. Money. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and hope that you learned a few things. The importance of mental health issues continues to grow and we hope we shed some light on topics that are important to you while also fucking some shit up. <laughs> All right. Let us know what topics you would want to learn more about and email us at teatimepsycho at gmail.com. Again, that's teatimepsycho at gmail.com. Thank, thank you. you.